to Yo and Yo's podcast. We've had the privilege of advising Michigan businesses for over 95 years, and we want to share our knowledge with you, covering tax, accounting, technology, financial, and advisory topics relevant to you and your business. Yo and Yo's podcast is hosted by industry and subject matter experts, where we go beyond the beans. So if you want to stay in the know about business issues and trends that affect you, then keep listening because this is Everyday Business with Yo and Yo. Good morning, everyone, and, and welcome to today's episode of Everyday Business. My name is Pete Bender, leader of Yo and Yo Wealth Management, and I'm a principal in our Saginaw office. This is another podcast in our wealth management series, and today's topic is taking the stress out of managing your employee benefit plan. I'm happy to be joined by my guests today, Kevin DeMent from Advantax Retirement Plan Services and Matt Cash from Advantax Planning Partners. Kevin is a principal client development in the retirement plan services for Advantax, and Matt is a financial planning consultant. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Pete. How are you guys doing today? Hey, doing great. Doing well. Appreciate you having us on here. All right. So today's topic is retirement plans. As we all know, retirement plans can be a great way to attract and retain employees, but that also can come with some challenges. There's been a lot of changes in the rules over the past few years to make retirement plans more attractive, but there's also some responsibilities that come along with that. To start off, Kevin, can you talk a little bit about what are some of the main benefits of sponsoring an employee retirement plan? Sure, Pete, I'd love to. A lot of times companies think the benefits of the retirement plan is to attract employees, and it very much can be. Because if you're a company trying to attract employees and you can make your retirement plan look better than your competitors that you're trying to pull employees in, that can help you obtain you know, a great staff. The other thing is return plans can be used to enhance the tax deduction and contributions for the key employees of the company. And in some of the designs, you can have a vesting schedule, which actually helps you retain employees. So you can give employees a great contribution, but if they don't stay there for six years, they may not get that full amount. And the way we design plans many times is we're enhancing the contribution for the owners so they can reach, for example, this year, 67500 which the great partners at Yo and Yo can help you with your tax deductions on that basis. So really, it's it, there's a lot of reasons why a return plan is great for your staff and for you as the business owner. And of course, in today's labor market, you know, we have to do everything we can to keep our employees happy and, and with us. So, you know, those are some great ideas to help you do that, hopefully. Over the past several years, there's been a lot of enhanced focus by the Department of Labor on the fiduciary responsibilities for retirement plan sponsors. According to the Department of Labor, the primary responsibility of a fiduciary is to run the plan solely in the interest of participants and beneficiaries and for the exclusive purpose of providing benefits and paying expenses. Now, that sounds kind of complicated, and it is, but Kevin, can you talk a little bit about you know, what is a fiduciary and what types of responsibilities do employers have when they set up these plans as a fiduciary? You know, and fiduciary has been a new thing. You know, I've been doing this for a long time. And I can say back in the 90s when I started, fiduciary never was a popular thing. But the way return plans are today, you know, people are looking at them. The, the Department of Labor and IRS are looking at these. So a fiduciary in the plan is the one that's ultimately responsible 
to ensure that the plan's being administered according to the plan document. It's there to ensure that the investments are appropriate for the participants in the plan. And many, many times the company is acting as a fiduciary, which actually can be a little risky because again, if you're monitoring the investments, which is a trustee and a fiduciary responsibility, is that necessarily your best area of expertise or would you rather run your business? So right. trying to find somebody that can take that work off your hands, that is what they call a 338 investment fiduciary. And what a 338 investment fiduciary does is they typically are responsible for the selection, deselection and monitoring of the investments, which really can take a lot of risk and responsibility off the client's hands. But you know, again, a fiduciary is not only investment related, there's also fiduciary responsibility on the administration side. For example, when is somebody eligible? When does somebody become eligible to take a hardship withdrawal? When do they get a distribution? So there's many aspects inside a return plan that are fiduciary responsibility. And at the end of the day, to be a fiduciary, you really should be knowledgeable and educated and have the expertise to perform those functions. What about things like contributions and distributions? Are there specific rules the employers have to follow in those areas? There's rules for everything. The IRS has their hands and the Department of Labor have their hands around everything. Right. Contributions, actually, when I look at 5,500s, I see a lot of companies that are what they call delinquent or behind on their contributions. So the timing is always a big thing. If a client has less than 100 employees, contributions have to be deposited within seven days from the point that the employees would have got that money in their check. And if it's over 100 employees, they have to be in as quickly as administratively feasible. And, you know, there's a lot of great auditors at Yo and Yo that, that can add uh, feedback on this, but generally when you're over 100 employees, there has to be consistency on when those contributions are invested. And generally, that's within two to three days of the point somebody would have received that money. That's, that's one example. Distributions, it really is ensuring that the person is paid out at the right vesting. In addition, are they eligible to take that distribution? And I mentioned earlier about hardships. Well, you know, the IRS has defined rules and when a hardship can be taken out. And if your plan follows the safe harbor rules, for example, for medical expenses, there's going to be set rules that says this qualifies as a medical expense, both on the situation of that, that condition you have and also on the timing. How old or how soon did that happen? So as a fiduciary, you have to ensure that the plan is followed in a non-discriminatory means, meaning a highly compensated employee can't get a benefit that a non-highly doesn't get. So everything has to be treated fairly. Yep. And that's one of the things to remember is, you know, you kind of get the double whammy here because you do have the IRS looking at these plans and the Department of Labor. And while they have different focuses on them, we still have to make sure we're following both sets of rules and that can make it a little more complicated. And again, more important to make sure you have experts that are helping you run your plan. On that topic, um, this all gets a little complicated. What types of things can sponsors do to help make things easier on them to simplify the whole process of having a retirement plan set up and, and run for their company? There's a lot of ways that plans can be administered the simplest way. One is I've seen when I look at companies, they'll want to have different types of eligibility for when employees can make deferrals versus when they'll get a company contribution. 
And as you can imagine, if, if now the employer is responsible for tracking different things, that can be complicated, right? Because the last thing you want to do is not make a mistake, not allow somebody to either make their own deferral or get a company contribution when they're eligible. So it's always recommended to have the same eligibility for simplicity purposes. But then take that the next step. If all the work of the day-to-day -day administration, the investment management is on the company, that makes things complicated. Look for a provider that will take that risk off of your hands. So for example, the day-to-day -day administration, look for a provider that provides 316 administrative support. So the 316 is the code that allows, basically that says, this is the fiduciary rules. So for example, like we handle retirement plans and we handle the 316 daily administration, where most providers are gonna say, the client has to determine when somebody's eligible. The client determines when somebody can take a hardship, when they can take a loan. It's always easier and best protection on a client to hand that off to somebody else that's, that's educated. The other thing you can look at is loans can become a complication inside retirement plans, right? That's where we see a lot of things happen. Like somebody goes out on leave and the loan repayments are not taken. While there are exceptions when loan repayments can be excluded, but it's ensuring that they're done uh, according to the rules. What about like an investment committee for a company? Is that recommended? Do you generally recommend that to have a maybe a group that's overseeing the plan? Regarding investments, if you do not have an advisor or a company that's going to provide the 338 investment fiduciary, which takes generally all the risk off the client's hands, then you need to have an investment advisory committee. You need to have people in the business that are knowledgeable. And you need to have an investment policy statement. While return plans aren't required to have an investment policy statement, it's extremely advisable that you do. What that means, though, that investment committee has to follow the process that's outlaid in your investment policy statement or IPS. Which generally, which means there should be meeting on a quarterly or semi-annual basis. They should be reviewing the investments to have a benchmark. When do And at what point do you determine investment is no longer appropriate? And how do you monitor those? What type of metrics are you using? All of that has to be outlined. In fact, you have to have a process in place of when a fund is no longer appropriate, how do you get rid of it? And the next thing is those that information all has to be available to the staff, right? The employees. Not that you have to give it to them, you know, the IPS if they, they don't ask for it, but employees have the right to review all of those notes and minutes that, that has to be given to them if they ask for it. So that's why, you know, that can be a lot of work on a company that might be wanting just to run their business, not run their investments. That's why I highly recommend to simplify things. Find a great provider such as ourselves, for example, that take that risk off of clients' hands. We'll talk in a little bit about, you know, what Advantex can do partnering with the O&O for retirement plans. But I know that I've read the Department of Labor generally recommends that you review your plan, you know, every three to five years. And whether it doesn't mean you have to make a change or whatever, but you're supposed to be reviewing it, you know, making sure things are operating appropriately. What type of benchmarking or reviews are involved in that process? Is there a couple of things you can talk? And I think you mentioned a few of them already. It's always advisable, like Pete said, to review your plan at least three to five years. And the reason for that is, you know, as plan assets go up, the fees should be reviewed to determine if they're still appropriate. And there's a lot of different services out there that can be purchased to do benchmarks. 
there's a company called FI360. They generally will look at your investments to do, help you determine if they're if they're appropriate, you know, basically compared to benchmarks due, due to your peer group. FI360 will also look at the fees to help you determine are your fees appropriate. But what I would mention is, remember, these are just benchmarks. What you always want to look at is what are the services that you're receiving for the fees that you're paying? And at the end of the day, the trustee of the plan is responsible to ensure that the services and the fees and the investments are appropriate for their employee base. So that's why you, for example, if your plan was 1 million and three years later, it's four or 5 million, your fees need to be reviewed to ensure that they're still appropriate because again, as assets go up, generally you see a return plan, fees go down. So there are a lot of services that you can use to do that. And also you can look at, there's 5,500 benchmarking tools also. For example, one product is called Judy Diamond that'll benchmark your plan for you again against national averages based on the date on the 5,500. Yep. Great points, Kevin. And, you know, it's important to remember that, you know, you're not required to take the cheapest plan, the cheapest expenses. That's not always the best that's fitting for your plan. So the Department of Labor doesn't expect you to do that, to always put it out for bid and and take the cheapest provider. But we want to make sure they're giving you what you need for the size of your company and your plan and giving the services that your employees need. You know, you always hear about investments. You want the cheapest investment, but Cheapest doesn't necessarily mean the best performance. So you're exactly right. It's the review you're doing to determine that what you're doing matches the process that you have set up. So is that something Advantex can help our clients with doing that review? Yeah, actually what we do as a complimentary service for all the great clients of Yellow and Yellow is we'll review your document, for example, to ensure that it's the most up-to-date and has all the best provisions in there. We'll look at your investments to determine are they appropriate? Do you have the right fee structure? Do you have the right classification? We'll also look at how the contributions are allocated. I mentioned earlier that a return plan can be a great benefit to the highly compensated key employees and owners. We'll look at your census data and provide options for you about how that could be enhanced. The other thing is we'll look at your fees to really help you outline what are the services you're receiving for the price that you're paying. But I can honestly tell you, Pete, there's a there's a funny story. I was meeting with a client a few years ago and we looked at their document and I asked them if, if they ever let people terminate from their business. They say, yeah. I go, well, how soon do you let people get paid out? And they go, oh my gosh, they talked about somebody that terminated and took his money out two weeks ago. I showed them in their document where it had a provision that people have to wait in their plan for one year before they can be paid out at termination. Their mouth's about dropped. Because that's what you get is with many providers is they'll act as just the record keeper. They're not going to provide you any direction or you know detailed services. They're going to just assume what you're doing is right. And that's not always the right approach. We want to make sure we're doing the right thing for all the great clients of Yo and Yo. In picking a partner, someone to administer your plan, what are some of the things you'd, you'd recommend looking for? Yeah, definitely look for experience. There's ways to run return plans also with having two to three to four different providers. That can be cumbersome because then as the trustee, you're trying to manage different providers. The way we handle plans is we are one-stop shop, right? We have everything under one roof, the investment management, the day-to-day record keeping, the employee education where we provide investment advice and retirement planning for employees, and also all the compliance. So as the plan sponsor, you have one person that you're dealing with to handle all aspects it makes life a lot easier. You can choose multiple providers, 
but then you're managing the fees and services for every single provider. And it certainly makes it easier. People running the plan know who they have to talk to and, and go to one stop, one shop to get their answers. Obviously, Yo and Yo and Advantax works together to provide these services for our clients. What are some of the things that make our arrangement unique and the key benefits to any any clients who are considering using Advantax and Yo and Yo for the retirement plan services? Yeah, Pete, there's multiple benefits. One of the big benefits is we partner together. So any decision that we make on the retirement plan flows through the Yo and Yo retirement plan person or the Yo and Yo CPA to help ensure that the decision that's happening is in the best interest of the client, their client. The next thing that clients find complicated is ensuring that their contribution and their deferral rates are kept up to date for employees. One of the great features that we have with Yo and Yo is Yo and Yo is a great retirement provider. They're great. They provide great services, but they also do great payroll. And what we are able to do is we're able to integrate our retirement plan services with Yonio's payroll. Mm -hmm. What that means is Yonio would submit to us your contributions, your loan repayments. When employees enroll or they make deferral rate changes, we send that information directly to Yonio, right? Their payroll team that automatically gets updated and then is sent over to us on the next payroll file. Takes a lot of work off you as the client's hands. You don't have to worry about that stuff. We help monitor their payroll to ensure that it's being submitted timely, as I mentioned, you know, within seven days or, you know, or sooner if need be. The next thing is we're able to enhance contribution options to ensure we're providing the best tax deductions as possible. The next thing is I'm going to bounce it over to Matt to help talk about how we integrate our retirement solution to the key employees through more planning purposes and the investment approach. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things is that when we're working with the CPAs and their clients, a lot of times they're business owners and the conversation was initiated because of that relationship that the CPA has with that business owner, talking about best ways to maximize their retirement savings. When they loop uh, myself and Pete in as the financial planners, we're really discussing maximizing their contributions within that plan. And so we can build a financial plan that shows the retirement plan within the scope of that C-suite executive business owners financial picture and show them directly how it would impact them. So I think it's important to note that by having that relationship with the CPA, Avantax is able to customize that plan so that it benefits the key employees to a pretty substantial degree. But not only that, then we're working with that business owner or that executive within the scope of a personal financial plan as well. Yeah, great point, Matt. That really works well and helps the owners understand the, the real benefit of setting up that plan, not just for their employees, but for their own personal retirement plan and their futures. So a couple other things to point out with Advantax service, they have some nice software on their uh, website that all the employees can use to enter information about their accounts and in addition to their other accounts with their spouses or other assets outside of the plan to help them do some planning. And that's a new feature that we just started using 
here at Yo and Yo and our plan, and it's it's been very effective for our employees. I think we're about at our time. Kevin, anything else you wanted to add or Matt? No, Pete, I just appreciate you giving me the time and I look forward to talking to all your wonderful clients. Yeah. Okay. We've covered a lot. You know, if you have any questions about your retirement plan or haven't had it evaluated in a number of years to make sure things are compliant and running the way they should be, please reach out. We'd be happy to help with that complimentary 360 degree review. With that, we'll call it a day. Thank you very much for joining us. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to Yo and Yo's Everyday Business Podcast. Yo and Yo's podcast can be listened to on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and of course, our website. Please subscribe, rate, and review. For more business insights, visit our resource center at yoandyo.com and be sure to subscribe to our newsletters. We'll talk to you next time on Yo and Yo's Everyday Business Podcast. The information provided in this podcast is believed to be valid and accurate on the date it is first published. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the podcast reflect the views of the speakers. This podcast does not constitute tax, accounting, legal, or other business advice or an advisor-client relationship. Before making any decision or taking action, you should consult with a professional regarding your specific circumstances.